Welcome to a special edition of Breaking Madness. In this episode for the Human Element miniseries, we're joined by Jonathan Sander, security field CTO at Snowflake. We sat down at RSA to discuss machine learning and automation, personal goals for 2020, and dissecting this year's themes at RSA. This special episode of Breaking Badness is next. All right, so I'm really excited to have Jonathan Sander here on Breaking Badness. Jonathan, thank you for making time during this crazy week. Well, I mean, anyone who's uh, excited to be talking to me is always exciting, I suppose, right? That's uh, <laughs> it, that, that doesn't happen every day. You don't get uh, interview requests, so here I am. I don't believe it. I feel like I had to fight for the spot. Uh, I had to dock somebody to get here. It's it's been a slightly busy day, but 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 I'm still happy to be here, regardless. Yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah. thank you so much, and um, I know this can be kind of an arduous week and Mm. it's also a time i think for reflection when Mm. we're coming to these major conferences to sit back and think about okay what's changed since the last time we were all here together Mm -hmm. and so the question i always like to ask first to start out on a positive note because that Mm. doesn't always happen in security Mm. um and i like to think of myself as positive like a proton um as a human being but uh what is something that we've improved upon or changed in this past year since we're you know coming from rsa 19 2019 to 2020 What's looking better? Well, you know, it's interesting. So I, I was telling you before we started that I, I was walking the floor um, sort of clandestine before I was supposed to be. And uh, I, I have a friend, John, and uh, we often do this together. He couldn't come this year, sadly. But we always have the mental uh, counter that we have. And we, we sort of count the number of times you see certain phrases on signs Um some years this produces depression, but 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 this year I have to say actually one of the phrases that I saw again and again and again was automation, mm. which has been one of the biggest complaints I've had about the security industry for eons is that we rely far too much on super heroics and humans that were. This, this is why you have the illusion of the skills uh, you know, the, the, the skills gap in security, right? Where, oh, I could never get the people. Well, that's because we only had the openings for superheroes in the way we were constructing things. I think it's really encouraging that, well, at least the marketing for the security, right? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, right? Um, at least the marketing is talking about this uh, idea of automation, which maybe means it can filter down to truly being automated, um, which, by the way, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people who work in socks for, for a living, they just get grind down to fine dust by the day-to-day dealing with, you know, incidents by hand again and again, yeah. most of which are almost used a word I probably shouldn't use in a podcast, most of which are not <laughs> The uh, kind of thing that one should give serious attention to. Let's yeah. let's use a better phrase for it. Um, and uh, a lot of that can be taken care of by automation. And that gives those people the ability to then be more creative, which I think can actually create more of the superheroes, ironically, that we can't find today, supposedly, right. because we depend on them so much. It's this really weird cycle we've created for yeah. ourselves. Right? But very long, very long answer. The rise of automation. 
Okay. And security, I think, is to, is, to, is something we're doing really well. I mean, SOAR is a category, right? I mean, you know, if you would have said that right. three years ago, no one would have known what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and now everyone, you know, everyone's a SOAR, right? Like, you know, which is right. the opposite reaction, right? And we'll get away from that too. But automation is a positive. Seeing so much of it being called out as a positive, and I think it'll produce more positive people like Protons, as you said, <laughs> in the security industry. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because the theme of RSA this year is the human element, right? Yes, but they mean it the negative way, right? right? They're, <laughs> yeah. they're actually using it the negative way. The human's the problem. You can't eliminate the human element, right? right? They're trying to, like, crush people down, which... You know, that always works, right? Yeah, well, well, I mean, it's the, it's the security de rigueur, right? I mean, this is like, you know, what security has always done, right? The, you know, PEPCAC, right? right? The problem exists between keyboard and chair, right? This has been the call <laughs> of the security person forever, right? Right, yeah. so true. And we just actually um, had been working for months and months on this survey, custom survey with the Poneman Institute, mm. um, specifically on the skills gap in automation. And it's curious because this is the third year in the row that we've done this particular survey. And last year we saw a huge increase in the US, the UK, and we also had um, run the survey in APAC as well on just the general sentiment around automation. Mm -hmm. And then this this uh, 2020 survey that we just completed a few weeks ago actually showed a major pendulum swift change back to people being really concerned mm -hmm. that it meant their job would be lost as a result of automation, which I found oh, curious. I don't, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, Snowflake, I can say the security program at Snowflake is it's more automation than anything else. Interesting. And that does not stop the team from growing. Now, of course, the company right. is growing immensely. So that's part of that. Right. So it's just growing in kind. Yeah. But it's also growing because what ends up happening and this is this is sort of where I, I, I took that notion. I was just saying the people who work on the day-to-day -day side of this, it's not like they're just sitting around waiting for an alert to pop up, right? right. It's like, not, not at all, right? Yeah. They're, they're sitting there actually coming up with new creative ways to leverage new sources of information to create more and more deeply interesting automation, machine learning driven um, insights and everything they can do to find ways to say, how can we spread the edges of this further which yeah. is a much more, I think, rewarding job than like sitting, you know, at a, you know, I'm not going to name a product, but, a, you know, a, 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 a glorified spreadsheet with, you know, colors on it that, you know, you're, you're clicking through to do incidents, That gives right? me anxiety just thinking yeah, yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of, feel, a lot of people are going to feel personally attacked yes. by, by that description, like, you know. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the, I, I think the folks on our team have a lot more fun on a day-to-day -day basis because yeah. they're able to be creative because they're creating more automation. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's going away at all. I mean, you know, technology would have right. to stop. Yes. <laughs> for us to get to the point where you wouldn't need people to create the rules, the yeah. approaches, the models, the, you name it, right. Cause you can automate and orchestrate in so many ways humans are always going to be the key in creating that because humans are the ones trying to break it. Right. Right. Now, yeah. of course, we could also talk about their you know, machines attacking, attacking machines, which is a thing that's happening as well. Right. But, you know, but, but, you know, the, at least for the foreseeable future, um, there's going to be humans involved in that. Absolutely. Right? And I'm hoping for a Star Trek style future, not idiocracy style future. <laughs> so they were like, we'll, we'll remain relevant even if the machines get really, really smart. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's a great point. And uh, there's actually a living computer museum in Seattle, Washington. It's a Paul Allen hmm. um, artifact, and it's really cool. But that's actually a main theme that comes up mm-hmm. in some of the content they have at that museum around a fear of automation. And there's a scene where a man is talking. There are women working on a switchboard um, or on a some older computer, and they're saying, you know, I'm worried I'm going to lose my job because... Mm. You're, you have this more functional computer now. And he's like, no, I want you to be able to focus on higher value tasks and we can wipe out this medial stuff that you probably um, come home at night grumbling about, right? So exactly right. what you said, you you have this mental space and emotional space to work on the things that actually interest you and engage you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, couldn't agree more. I think it's such an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and on, on the flip side of that, I'm curious... What and, and maybe this came up in your um, walk through the show floor, but what mm-hmm. do you think we need to improve from what you've seen so far? Oh, wow. How long is this podcast? <laughs> um, I don't know. If, if I was going to if I was going to pick one thing, I think we already said it. And that's just this uh, absolute negative style of engagement that that we generally have with the users. So it's interesting to, to illustrate that I've been, I've been inundated, almost embedded, if you will, on the business side at this role that I have in this company, um, which I've never done before. I've, I've, I've been on the vendor side and, uh, you know, consulting essentially, you know, being, you know, the, the guy who helped solve the problem from the vendor with the customer, um, but I worked with the security organization, with the technology organization. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on the side with the business, and it's so interesting to hear how the business believes the security team feels about them. Interesting. It's like basically, it's like they just think we're idiots, and there don't seem to be idiots like, you know, these are, these are guys building, you know, gigantic models with, you know, complicated machine learning um, layered over, you know, several t- different types of analytics. And they right. seem to be pretty clever. <laughs> like, you know, like exactly. <laughs> they're doing it right. Like, you know, like, it's not, I mean, honestly, they get to talking about all this data stuff in the meetings and I don't even know half the nouns they're using. So like, I, I, I cause I'm the security guy and I'm there for a particular purpose. Um, and so, you know, clearly they know some stuff. There's some stuff that I don't know. Right. And, you know, I start talking about when I start talking about, you know, I lose them somewhere around the distinction between layer four and layer seven. And they go, oh, wait, what is that? Is that a, is that a cube? Like, no, no, it's not a data cube. It's a whole different thing. Like, you know, so <laughs> it, it, obviously there are skills there, but if I could change one thing to your point, right, it's that negative style of engagement. Now, I, I think that there is more positiveness around than there used to be. But I also think that's because through the necessity of growth, the security industry now includes a lot of people that never would have before. Right. And those people don't come in with the same, I don't know, uh, white guy aggro viewpoint, perhaps. Um, can, can I say that in this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say, I was gonna say <laughs> did we just reach a point where we need to edit? I don't know. <laughs> no. but, um, but like, but yeah, there's, there's, there's this, you know, there's this sort of attitude that security has had almost almost the rarefied version of what generally technology had. Like, and it was like mm. the it was like the hardened diamond in the center of the yes. mountain of coal right. that was the security <laughs> or the you know the technology world. Yeah. Um but just through the like yes, just the necessity of having to grow, 
you have a lot more perspectives in, in the world Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And that, I think that's that's producing some good stuff. But if I could change one thing, I want to take every security person aside and be like, let's talk about people skills. Right. Namely, your people right. skills. And, and and how they're probably harming your career. Like, you know, right. like all those things that yeah. you want that you say you can't get. Yeah. There's a mirror over here. You might want to look at it now and then. And I don't mean just because, you know, yeah. of all the, the other interesting things that could be happening with security <laughs> professionals, um, but rather, you know, we, and I had to learn that lesson too, by the way. Like, yeah. you know, it's not like I was always this wonderful butterfly who knew how to treat the business um, <laughs> at all. You know, right. I, I was, yeah, I was not. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I was going to say. Anyway. Well, I think part of that too is, just a result of having a diverse group of people that you're working with and collaborating with people, hopefully on different sides of the business, which mm. in itself will create hopefully sort of a cycle of positivity if we're, we're speaking to each other as people. Um, Tarek, who's a co-host on the podcast um, on a weekly basis, he, he works as the senior security engineer and malware researcher. Mm -hmm. um, but we're, you know, we're not the largest company in the world. So he is on the front lines of our own security. Mm -hmm. Um, and he often says, you know, I've, I'm not perfect either. I've definitely clicked on some stuff and I'm not one to judge other people. I just want to create a positive enough relationship where if somebody th thinks they might have potentially done something that could have caused a liability, we'll say that they come to me and they're not scared, right? right. And we do that right. by creating relationships and, um, and connecting these threads from across organizations, which is difficult to do, but as a result, you're learning so many different types of skills and mm -hmm. um, then you know how to persuade those people too more effectively. So Indeed. hopefully get more of what you want. Exactly. There's my soapbox. I'm just going to climb off of that slowly and <laughs> gingerly over here. <laughs> well, that uh, that's great. And I hope in 2021 we can meet and we'll say that we've experienced some uh, some change there and um, well, maybe the conference team won't be about how much the users suck and then like <laughs> like we can call that a win call that a win right there okay oh my gosh uh and so uh, a kind of a more silly question that mm -hmm. I, it's it's it could be uh serious but you can take it in a silly direction too go whatever direction you like but Alrighty. um if there is a, a security trend that you see sort of sunsetting and so just a few ideas to throw out there but not bias your answer that could mm -hmm. be anything from lock picking if that's going to be a, a big thing mm -hmm. or um if you're talking about let's say a specific technology just anything you see diminishing as you're seeing this increase in automation as a discussion Ooh, well i mean i'm i'm I will declare my bias immediately. Um, I've, you know, spent the last uh, almost two years now in a cloud first, cloud, cloud, cloud company, right? <laughs> so I did have a few moments of uh, cocking my head to the side as I was walking past vendors who are like, you know, we're selling boxes that you put on your network. And I'm like, I guess that's still a thing, right? Like, like that's that's still a thing. People really do worry about that. And I mean, obviously, we're going to be hybrid for probably the foreseeable future, mm. right? Um, I mean, there's a lot of companies that are just beginning now that are, you know, as they say, born in the cloud that may, we will never have a box like that. Right. But the focus on security being a thing you can put in the way, right? Mm. I think that is going to have to change. And I, and I, deal with people what's interesting on both sides of like you know the business technology divide 
who don't yet really get that, right? Who don't understand that, like, you know, security is not going to simply be, can I put a wall between the thing and this other thing, right? The, right. the idea that you have discipline in the software development lifecycle, that you have a very comprehensive set of identity access management controls, that you um, take very seriously the protection of credentials at every stage of using them in the chain from the point that they are initiated to the point that you have something happening. Mm -hmm. That sort of discipline is, you know, oh, dude, it's a PETA, man. That's like, so, that's so hard. <laughs> Why can't we just put a firewall there, right? Like, you know, th right. that, that mentality, I think, is, is, is sunsetting. Um, but uh, it's a very long day still. Um, right. <laughs> I, say, I, think, I think we've got a whole lot of daylight left, uh, sadly. But uh, but yeah, that's the thing I see uh, kind of going away. How's that cool. silly? That, like I'm trying. I'm trying. Like, <laughs> like, I, I, the whole time I'm like, uh, uh, there's a silly angle here somewhere. I'm not getting it. I but, like to right. give people creative space. To they, take uh, it wherever uh, they okay, want. Okay. All right. Okay. But I'm going to ask you what. Do, do you I have mean? a clown horn? Sorry. <laughs> like like a morning morning uh, <laughs> DJ style. Make it silly. Morning so. DJ clown horn. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw you an actual silly question. The intention okay. is for your answer to be silly. Okay. But you can make it serious if you want. Okay. Um, or Cat I fur. <laughs> That's my answer. Cat fur. There was a great um, pun that somebody sent me around cats recently. It was actually mm. Philip from um, the ITSP podcast. Um, and I will find the name of it and reference it on this landing page where this podcast is hosted. Um, but it was, would you call conjoined kittens concatenated? Oh, I love that. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's great. <laughs> and it, now, now, now you need a t-shirt with two kittens with the bar in between them, <laughs> right? Like for, for concatenation, right? That Just that. beautiful. Yeah, I was going to say. That's, I'll, that's I'll contact Philip. Exactly. The, the, the t-shirt must be made. <laughs> Okay, so here's my question for you. Sure. Um, what is just some of the worst, what are some of the worst security cliches or metaphors that you hear? Oh, my God. And this might actually be painful for you, so I don't know if I was I, I was going to say, I, 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 oh, yeah, this does not strike me as silly. This just strikes me as like tra traumatic, right? I should so, say it's fun for me. Maybe yeah, it's fun for you, for you to, 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 to watch my brain like schism, <laughs> right? But, uh, um, Wow. Security tropes. Yes. That's 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 what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Right? Um <laughs> I, I don't e I literally don't even know where to start. That's that's the trouble. Like it's the so 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 many security tropes. Um I mean I think the thing that we're just talking about, right? Just just put just put a wall around it. The notion yeah. of the hard the hard exterior and the Soft, squishy middle, right? Like that. That's I think a, a bad thing. The the idea that IPs don't change. I mean, mm. come on. Yeah. Like all the IPs change now. <laughs> like just just you, we've got to design that out of the system. <laughs> like you know, and, right. and there are better ways now, yeah. right? Like you know, like yeah. all the IPs change. Please stop pretending they don't. <laughs> Um, and again, that of course, you know, my, my the, the cloudy nature of my current employment, uh, yeah. you know, has an impact on my perspective on IPs not changing. Um, and uh, I, I, I think the, um, the the mother of them all, of course, is that you know 
the the user is the problem, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the, you know, if we could just get rid of the users, it would all be okay, right? Like, no, well, no, I'm pretty sure that's the <laughs> revenue side, right? Like, you know, we need that. Well, and, you know, and and I think that's the thing that you know, technologists in general, security just being a symptom of it. Um, technologists tend to forget that, like you know, yeah. we're in the cost column, people. <laughs> we're right. not, you know, we're not in the. Yeah. I mean, generally, obviously, yeah, yeah. You know, there are technology companies where tech is, you know, driving mm-hmm. that. Um, but even then, majority of people doing tech are probably not the people who are doing the revenue part. Right. Right. So anyway, we all need each other. Yes, I was gonna yeah. say you do, you do. You do need all species to to to, to go to get along there. Yeah, right? absolutely. But, hmm. Okay, let me try to think of a question I think will be fun for you. Because I feel like I've let you down with the last two. Um, I like to ask, uh, if security was a breakfast food, what would it be? But for you, Mm. I'm going to ask, if security was a philosopher or a philosophy, who would it be or what would it be? Okay, so I think that most people looking at security as a philosopher... um, sees it more like uh, Immanuel Kant. Um, And Immanuel Kant's known for the categorical imperative, which basically means the rule says so, so therefore you will do it. Like that's like, you know, (laughs) think think of, you know, the the, the school marm, the the voice in the Pink Floyd song. How can you you have your pudding if you haven't had your meats? Like, you know, the enforcer, the authoritarian. Like, you know, I think think that's what most people would see philosophy or rather security as if it was a philosopher. Um, But that's I don't think that's a, a, a good philosopher to actually sum up what good security would be like because yeah. I think that's the the people who have only met people who are being mean to them in in the world of security yeah. in the context of security um I would actually rather have it be David Hume okay. um David Hume was this Scottish guy I'm not even gonna try to do a Scottish accent <laughs> even though it's very tempting um and he was just the ultimate skeptic like, you know, he was the guy who would ask questions like, well, but how do you know? Like, you know, like, and, and he came up with ideas that were just questioning the nature of things that everyone took for granted. Like, you yeah. know, how, how do you actually know that what you're seeing is there mm-hmm. and that you're not just making it up? We would call that sort of the brain in the vat scenario, though that wasn't a metaphor available to him <laughs> at that time. Um, and I think that's actually what good security looks like yeah. the, the person who questions everything it's like oh you've created this wonderful thing mr developer let's have a really good look at all of the calls this thing makes and right. how, how well do you evaluate all the inputs that you're taking in yeah. and oh what are those libraries you started using on your laptop that you now want me to deploy in production right like you know yeah. that i think is is what good security is is it's the it's the skeptical rational questioning right you know deeply yeah. looking into these things um which done really well you can then automate it which brings us all the way back to the beginning but <laughs> um but, but yeah that, those those th- there you go there's the the, the the bad and the good versions of the philosopher as security people i, like I feel that. like i'm disappointing you i'm really no. good at small jokes in the middle like, like you wanted a silly answer i don't i don't i don't do silly on on macro very well i do silly on micro very well like that's no a- you're not disappointing me at all this is phenomenal <laughs> 
I love this. I feel like I'm learning about philosophy and security all well, there at you once. Go. All right. That's the dream right there. <laughs> um, your dreams are odd, but sure, that's fine. I I, I, I am a very specific slice then fulfill, <laughs> fulfilling that dream. My mom says I'm special, so it must I, be so. I'm not touching that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, so something we were talking about before we start started actively recording that I think you just sort mm. of touched on a little bit is what are some... Uh, some traits of security people that you found to typically be successful. What makes? Yeah. Oh, um, well, it's so it's funny. We were talking about, you know, the unusual origins of many security people. And I was saying some of the best that I've met were actually trained in music, um, trained in uh, mathematics, right? Which I guess yeah. is a little less shocking, right? With a computer science background. But I, I mean, though, abstract mathematics, not computer yeah. science mathematics, if you will, right? Um, and the, the key thing that they all share is this deep analytical capability, right? Um, and you know, the musician in particular, right? You know, um, what was, what, what was the phrase? Yeah. Not, not, not some stone jazz guitar player, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> that was right. <laughs> uh, but, but, but rather somebody who took music theory, yeah. does, you know, does composition, right? And it, you know, it goes back to, we we're talking about, you know, automation lets people do better things with their life. But, you know, the kind of people who are going to thrive in that environment are going to be a little bit creative, right? Because, because yeah. frankly, right, if all you're good at is sitting there with the, you know, the multicolored spreadsheet and clicking through things and basically, you know, copy and pasting things from one system and looking up like, oh, yeah, that person is an employee. I can see them in the directory. I'm going to close this issue. Like, if that really is the peak of your talent, right, right then, you know, that's oh. A whole different set of matters. Um, but I don't think that's the case with a lot of the people I've encountered in security yeah. in general. And the space to be creative and the, the ability to use creativity um, when you're empowered to do so, it's a big deal, right? And yeah. so the, some of the most dynamic, successful people I've met have been these people who came from these other areas and had to and knew how to think in strange and different ways. Yeah. Right? And that became, but, but they all shared that analytical sort of backbone. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about uh, your security, your ideal security philosopher mm. or philosophy was just asking those questions oh, yeah. right and continuing to to dig in and and understand how it works and what may or may not happen so that's right yeah um and so something i wanted to pivot back to is and mm -hmm. we talked about this at the beginning is automation and mm -hmm. uh, specifically the the tools and machine learning and so mm. when it comes to automation tools like machine learning um, are we trying to solve the right problems and what are some challenges mm. we need to solve as an industry before we can really apply it effectively we is very inclusive. Are we trying to solve the right problems? You, Jonathan. Is it, like, is the security <laughs> industry as a whole? Uh, That's a great question. Maybe, maybe not. But um, so, so I, first of all, right, I, I think it's fair to say that I am a machine learning skeptic in the sense that um, I think machine learning is one of those magical phrases that people paint on things and you know the and then that makes it so much cooler and the trouble is i think most of the time a it's not actually 
machine learning, right? right? Um, actually, what's even worse is the phrase artificial intelligence, oh. which has no actual definition right. and therefore can be anything. And so I can call my crappy set of rules from 1995 artificial intelligence, <laughs> right? Because um, that's how marketing works. But uh, but no, but so like, you know, I, think, I think that you... I'm a skeptic for machine learning because like when somebody tells me that something is powered by machine learning, my first instinct is to think who in your marketing department told you to say those words <laughs> and, and, and what makes you think you should really use them. Right. Um, but if we dial it back all the way to the basic question of can you use machine learning effectively to do things in security and are we doing that? Yeah. Right. Like if that's the, the heart of the question, uh, I think certainly we can. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, at the time of this recording, right, what machine learning is really, really good at is pattern recognition. Absolutely. Right. In, in, in many different forms. But um, that's one thing you can basically boil it all down to. And there's a I mean, how long in security have we been talking about noise and signal and trying to understand the signal in the noise, and at least a large double-digit percentage of that is pattern recognition. Yeah. Um, and I think with the world's supply of log and other audit data only growing exponentially as we record this, forget like, you know, <laughs> year to year, like, you know, right. the growth curve, there's no way we can ever expect humans to, to evaluate all of it. And so... Having machines do that is exactly the right thing to do. And in so much as security is doing that, it is doing the right thing with machine learning. Um, Now, you know, I've been on the inside of conversations with vendors where they have said, uh, none of the vendors I worked for, just so I don't get anybody in trouble. <laughs> uh, like, I was gonna, like, just realized how that sounded. But um, <laughs> let, let's just say I've, you know, I've, I've been around conversations where people talk about like, oh yeah, we did this machine learning, you know, we trained on a hundred events. And I'm like, a hundred, really? Like, you want to put a thousand after that? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, you're going to, what you, you know? So, so there's right. definitely, misapplications even when people are trying to do the right thing right right um so there's a lot of bad machine learning out there yeah that's what it comes down to snake oils yeah yeah well there's everything from snake oil to incompetence and everything in between because i don't ever assume malice where incompetence will do um except in marketing um (laughs) you know um (laughs) because there's some things that are always just true uh but the you know, the, the notion that we have, you know, machine learning applied really well is sadly probably in the minority, but where it is happening, I think it's definitely the right tool for the right job, right? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. I'm glad we could dive deep into that. Yeah. But I want to transmi- transition back a little bit mm-hmm. um, to, to the event itself and just personally what you're up to so one approach or a good way to work on the industry is to to look inward and in what we want to work on ourselves so i'm mm. curious if you have any projects you're working on or any big goals mm. for 2020 um so i am always been a tinkerer right and um most of my projects right now well, from a project point of view are integration projects mm. right so yeah. Snowflake's platform keeps adding all these new 
features that it supports. Uh, we launched OAuth 2 support. Um, well, we already had OAuth. We are a different kind of OAuth 2 support just recently. And um, so I, you know, I have a couple of uh, integration projects with uh, other vendors who do this basically things that can act as patterns for the customers, right? Um, and it's also a chance for me to be hands-on, which I really enjoy, which I don't get as much of as I would like. And that's defined as I would prefer to never leave my house and just sit there and <laughs> build labs. But unfortunately, that's not what my job description <laughs> is, so I can't do that. Um, but I, I do get to do it often enough. Um, oddly, the strength of airplane Wi-Fi has really been a boon to my ability to build labs, uh, which is very, you know, very silly to think about, but it's true. Um, but then, you know, the OAuth 2 labs, I'm building those. Um, I have a pretty big um, history in the privilege access management, privilege identity management world. I've also been building out some patterns and some labs to go with oh, those cool. patterns for use with Snowflake, which has been really interesting to me on multiple levels because, you know, I have the background in it. And now then trying to apply the patterns to this 100% cloud and, you know, multi-cloud service provider platform, it presents some really interesting challenges. And, and I can see why the customers are like, you know, when we say, oh, you can totally do that. And they're like, how? Uh, like, like, what, you just don't press a button? Right, you know, obviously, right. I, I know it's not that simple. Yeah. Um, so my projects all look like integrations basically, yeah. right? Um, which is sometimes frustrating uh, because the, the, the funniest part, the hardest part of it in a lot of cases is just getting the the thing with which we need to integrate. Because I've got I've yes. got hot and cold running Snowflake. I can get I can, I, I don't have any problem getting my own product, obviously. Right, absolutely. Uh, but sometimes our partners are a little less forthcoming with the bits. Um, yes. So I have to uh, I have to I have to finesse. I actually just chased someone down at a party Sunday night. It was like, uh, dude, where's the license you promised me? I need your software. So that will be a thing. I think I scared him. He's gonna give me the license now. Um, but then, you know, in terms of big goals, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I have to turn to the human thing, um, positive human thing, uh, the goal for my team, and I, I guess I didn't even really say what it is I do. It doesn't matter really, honestly, but, um, we have, I work with our customers quite a bit and I've been talking talk about that, but I also have internal customers, right? So the entire sales and engineering organization turns to our little team of three people, 250 mad SEs. But as you could imagine, that's not enough. Um, and so one of our focuses right now is uh, enablement programs, right? To, yeah. to up-level um, folks who don't really have any security background and sometimes don't even have like a real like systems background. Like I, I think security people tend to take for granted, like, well, you know, you're running, running Unix command line, right? You're like, you'll be fine, right? Like. <laughs> These people don't have that. They just, that's not what they've done, right? right? Um, and I don't mean they're like into Windows. I just mean like, that's just like, you know, they're they're data people. Like, you know, they, yeah. just, they just think different ways and use different tools and they have not had that background. Um, and I mean, you know, I asked them what a C name is and they're like, I don't know, is it some kind of data label? And I'm like, well, actually kind of, but that's not really, well, you know. Um, I was hoping they'd say, do you have another name for that? Well, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, like, can you give me more hints? Like, yeah. like, like, like you know, you either know or you don't know what this thing is. Um, and so building enablement is the biggest goal we have as a team. But I also kind of 
it's a personal goal because it's a very big challenge to translate ideas right from one field to another from one point of view to another and i've always considered myself very good at it but this is a big lift to, yeah. to train this group of people on those things and also do it in the way that is productive meaning you know i don't want to just make it you know a, a a memorization exercise i'd like to have them get something real out of it yeah. right um, so that's, that's, that's a really, that's why I think it's like sort of a personal thing. Like I've taken it, I take it as a personal challenge to the skill set I believe I have. Um, yeah. let's, let's see if I really do. <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll you know, know next year. Yeah, exactly. As we, 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 will, as a matter of fact, that's, that's a thing that we'll definitely know. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I just was speaking to Brie, um, Brie Hughes, uh, and they're a technical writer and, they that's something that they tout and they just did a whole talk on is the importance really you know what it boils down to is it's you can't share your value unless you can communicate it effectively and correct brie is killer at doing that via writing but that's understanding what those people's goals are and what you're trying to persuade them to do, how those things align is, uh, mm -hmm. can be significantly difficult. And so that's a really big challenge. Well, I mean, so you know, I have a couple of uh, hats I wear, and one of them is I have an advisory role at a, an organization called Security Catalysts. Uh, Michael Santacrangelo, I think maybe you oh, either yeah, heard yeah, of yeah. I was going to say, yeah, so, so Michael and I have been working together for years now, um, but it's interesting the way you just put that in terms of the relationship between communication and value. Um, right. So somewhere, somewhere Michael's smiling. It's, like, it's, 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 it's all I'm thinking. Like, that's, that's you know, he, he, he'd be very pleased by the way you formulated <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, I want that $20 now, Michael, for um, <laughs> <There> <laughs> that we <go>. discussed. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a that's a great answer. And it sounds like you have a great team and they're lucky to have you there. Um, we'll find out. That's <laughs> I think I gonna say, yeah, exactly. That's 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 what we will find out. We're definitely gonna have to get a drink next year. Yeah, there you I, go. Have, I have a lot of updates that I'm gonna Yeah, well, here. I was gonna say there's a lot of a lot of hanging part of participles here. Yes, right? I was gonna say that's uh, that's that's what we got. That's, what we that's got. great. Hanging part I feel like I have a lot of idioms that I can sort of take away from our discussion <laughs> here, which is great. My um future father in law is um, amazing at putting those together and my hmm. one of my favorite of his is charging hell with a squirt gun which yeah. is great i dig it it's a great um there security metaphor too. yeah i like that yeah. um that feels i think we're gonna have to we do like a lot a of that security. we do yes. yeah <laughs> we absolutely do. that's yeah. a great description for security in my mind uh is that why we're so obsessed with super soakers like oh like like it generally likes nerf guns but like security True. people tend to be more on the super super soaker super side soaker. like <laughs> Have we discovered what this is? Like, this have we finally gotten to, like, the Freudian root of why, like, you know, why the super soaker? Because we're always charging hell with squirt guns. <laughs> like, that's why. I think we've solved it. Maybe. I think maybe. we can call it a say. week. <laughs> we've done really good work here. Oh, my gosh. We've well, understood what the human element really means. Yeah. I'll contact my people at RSA. <laughs> I'll let them know they need to change their boilerplate for that's the descriptor. Right. That's right. Super that's soakers. Right. <laughs> Well, something I always love to end this podcast with, um, mm. again, on a positive note, is just giving you an opportunity to thank somebody in the industry that you look up to or really enjoy working with. Because sometimes just in general work can be really thankless. So it's nice to give, to give people props for, for the good work that they do. Wow. Inspire. I was going to say, that, that that's, that's an on-the-spot putting thing. 
Um, <laughs> a person in the industry I look up to and want to thank. No pressure. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, and you can only pick one. I'm that was well, that's exactly the problem. You can only pick one. I knew that was the, I knew that was coming. I'm just kidding. You can list a few. I won't put you in that position. No, 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 no. But no, but I, I get the I get the question, and I'm I'm almost thinking about like who who can I embarrass the most by 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 calling them out. <laughs> but um, well, I mean. So yeah, I'll, uh, he'll definitely be embarrassed. But uh, but I have, I've narrowed it down to one. So a friend um, and a mentor and uh, a guy who sort of literally befriended me when I entered the identity management industry and had no context at all, like no network. Um, his name is Deshant, and uh, Deshant is the CTO or a company called Unikin, and. Um, for privacy reasons, I won't say his last name, but of course, everyone can look him up now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, N- Nishant, not only for the friendship that he offered, but um, he's been an amazing sounding board. He and I think so differently. Like, but we still get along really well, yeah. but we think so differently. That's and, really and, cool. and, and every one of his instincts are like the opposite of mine. Like we, we share very few instincts. And so having his perspective has been invaluable for years. So thank you, Nishant. <laughs> this is a listening. thank you note to you. <laughs> oh, he's going to listen now, of course. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're we're going to have to tag him and everything. Yes. I was going to say, we're absolutely going to have to tag him. So. Oh my gosh. Well, that's very wonderful. And that's really cool to have that type of relationship. Yeah. That's yeah. really, like you said, valuable and valuable is the perfect way to put it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you for giving me a chance to talk at length, which of is something course. I always love to do. <laughs> I, I love really the sound of my own voice. I enjoyed speaking with you. This is, <laughs> I've learned I don't from editing my own voice in the podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, I say I love the sound of my own voice, but I don't have to listen to it all the time either. So that's, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I love, I love wielding my own voice. Maybe, that, maybe that's, that's a great it. way yeah. to describe it. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope you have a wonderful conference and some, some time to, to work at those big challenges you mentioned that you're looking towards for 2021 and best of luck to you and to snowflake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up with you again in 2021 to, to hold you accountable to all the things you discussed today. To all the hanging participles and yes. all the hanging part. And I'm going to ask what your view is in terms of the philosopher philosophy then too. I'll be very curious to see if it, we see a significant change in a year. Oh boy, probably not. But, but. <laughs> Again, I think I think if we just get RSA to not call the user <laughs> the problem, like that'll be a win. Like, It'll be a big low win. Low bars, let's <laughs> achievable goals. Yeah. Smart goals. Yes, <laughs> smart goals. Exactly, smart goals. Putting lots the of end in smart. That's right. That's right. <laughs> or A, I should say in that case. Um, perfect. Well, thank you again, and um, I'm excited to share this with the world. Cool. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.